Hey everybody, I'm Nick Davis. Welcome to Simply Not Easy, the podcast about simple action steps to improve the journey of your life as I work to improve the journey of my own. Hey, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to Simply Not Easy. Hope everybody's having a fantastic day out there. Um, You know, it's here, Muscle Monday. I'm just heading into work now, getting ready for Gold's Gym. Gonna be another uh, fun day at the office where basically my office is my playground at the same damn time. So never complain the world about that. Gotta have fun, gotta keep moving, gotta keep my spirits up. Um, Yeah, workplace environment is huge. And I was talking to um, somebody the other night about, you know, oh my gosh, are you tired? What's going on? Blah, 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 blah. And yes, I do get tired. But the difference is is that I invest my energy in many different areas of my life. I invest it in ways that if I spend too much time on just one thing, yeah, there'll be some areas where that activity will lift you up and some areas where that will burn you out. But I keep kind of, I hedge my bets along the way. And by doing that, it allows me the opportunity to keep the energy level up at all times. So again, we talked about before, stagnicity breeds pathology. So even if, you know, you're doing something you love, you gotta have a switch of energy once in a while. You can't be doing that thing all the time, seven days a week. There's gotta be small breaks in between there to keep you ready, to keep you excited. Next time you get back up to keep getting after it again. It just keeps the energy fresh and from my personal experience, it's kept me going for a long time now. But anyways, we're here, Muscle Monday. And muscle I want to talk to you guys about today is the middle deltoid um, or lateral deltoid, whatever you guys want to call it. But our deltoid is our shoulder muscle and we've got three parts of it. So that's why there's an anterior, there's a middle, and there's a posterior delt. And I was watching that uh, hockey NHL last night, Boston Bruins. They came out with the win and Tuka Rask, my boy, he was freaking off the charts. And so due to him, and many, many of the Boston Bruins players. That's one of the major reasons why they were able to be so successful. And because his saves were just off the chart, inspiring, incredible. And one of the reasons I'm talking here about the middle deltoid is because what it does is it's a quick abduction of the shoulder. Um, so it basically raises it up out to the side or those lateral raises that people often do for an exercise. And that's a fantastic way to work it out but let's t- go back to the basics again like we always do for the anatomy and figure out where this muscle is so that we can figure out what gives the juice from the brain and what it actually does so like i said the middle deltoid is one out of one component out of the other two parts of the deltoid three parts total and as we keep getting used to that muscle it's that big shoulder muscle that kind of if you put let's let, let's say we're working on our left shoulder if you put your whole right hand kind of over the direct top of that left shoulder, that's gonna be right about where that deltoid sits. So it goes from, the we're talking about the middle deltoid um, specifically now, it goes from your acromion, which if you feel the top of your shoulder, is that little bit of a, a shelf on the very outside of the shoulder, that bony shelf. The middle deltoid comes from that area and a tiny, tiny bit of the spine of the scapula, which is just further on the back side of that shoulder, just here. And once you've got that middle part there, the deltoid, you can trace it on down to the deltoid tubercle or deltoid tuberosity of the humerus. Tuberosity is just another word for bump. 
um, and it's a bump. We've talked about this idea of Wolf's Law before that bone grows, and this can be applied to other tissue as well, but bone responds to the stress placed upon it, and it will adapt for that. So the way, the reason that we have the tuberosity there is because of very specifically the anatomical insertion of the deltoid, and the more pulled the start of the deltoid is, the larger that tuberosity is going to be on the humerus, on the arm bone. And so we've got the three deltoid muscles that converge right into that insertion. And so another idea of kind of where this muscle is in your body, if you've ever gotten the flu shot or anything like that, this is the muscle that they, they stick it in, that they put the needle in. Now there have been rare situations where um, nurses or doctors have gone too deep on this and um, potentially irritated the joint itself. There should be no reason why they're going that deep. It's just a pretty superficial, directly in the muscle, nothing crazy at all. It's more comfortable for the patient anyway, not to have a deep needle kind of thrusted right in there for them. But anyway, that's the deltoid, that's where it's at, that's the middle deltoid. Talking about innervation, where, where is it gets juice when the brain tells it, hey, it's go time, man? How does it actually do that? So it comes from the axillary nerve. And the axillary nerve is one of those nerves that come off the brachial plexus, which is that big, big kind of entanglement of, of nerve structure. And when we've got that going on, we have to understand kind of where in that whole scheme of things it is. So the axillary nerve comes off that posterior cord of the brachial plexus, and it comes from the nerve roots, spinal levels, the C5 and C6. So both of those combine together, and parts of them form the axillary nerve, which goes down posterior cord and supplies the deltoid. And we have a couple branches of the axillary nerve. If we want to get more specific, this is going to be the anterior division of that axillary nerve. So kind of cool just having the background information of knowing where that comes from. But the action, that's what we mostly care about, right? It's good to know the anatomy, good to know where it is so we can make sense of the action once we've learned it. But let's actually learn the action now. So what it does is it abducts the arm. So it raises it up and out to the side. And this is really important for, like you said, those kind of lateral movements. And if this isn't just truly, you know, the muscle by itself is straight up out to the side, but this can be combined with so many other muscles for dynamic motion. Anytime that you're raising that, that arm all the way out to the side, for example, for basketball, like a Euro step, to start that windup and to get it overhead in that way, that's using that middle delt to really help control that um, and yes it's a three-dimensional movement but that abduction is a very very strong component of it that we've got to pay a lot of attention to so what do I like doing for exercise for exercises for this guy first of all I'm gonna talk about some closed chain exercises um, because these are not commonly used as much so if we think about the typical motion being any kind of press, any kind of shoulder press that helps, it does help abduct the arm higher. Because a typical position you start in with, well, I guess we'll touch on open chain now, because I'm already talking about the shoulder press, or like a military press. But you start in a kind of a 90-90 position with the arms up to the side 90 degrees, and after that the elbows are flared out to the side. So elbows are up out to the side, forearms are straight up and down. And with a position like this, you press the dumbbells up, that's going to a further abduction of the shoulder because that humerus is coming straight up overhead more. And once we've got that motion kind of pressed out, that's the idea of working the muscle in that abduction plane. So again, going over more open chain, 
you can do a strict press, you can do a lateral raises from kind of the bottom range all the way up. Typically with the shoulder kinematics, the way it works, um, you should only go to about 90 degrees typically, um, unless you're doing a pretty low weight. Reason for that is being that um, if you don't have completely perfect optimal shoulder health, there's a less of a margin for error as far as um, it gets to kind of tough range as you fatigue around 90 degrees or so, so keeping it at that or directly below that. And also with gravity acting down on it, you're only going to get a certain amount of benefit from that muscle if you're working for hypertrophy or gaining size of that muscle. So those are really easy ways to incorporate in movement, and like I talked about before, any movement where your arms come out to the side, um, and not necessarily just in a strict plane, it's going to work, that middle delt. So if you do something like kind of having a diagonal pattern of movement across your body, working from the bottom going up to the top, cable resisted, and this diagonal spiraling pattern that we often see working many, many muscle groups, and diagonal rotational being how we perform sport-based movement, that's going to absolutely play a big factor in there. And, you know, instinctively we all know and we can understand that if you do these side raises with your arm straight, it's going to be a lot harder because a moment arm that you have to act your force within on the body is larger. Whereas if you have your elbows bent, then with the bent elbows, you're going to be able to push it heavier because the moment arm, the weight itself acting on it, only acts at about half the force or so because it has half the moment arm. So I know physics isn't always fun for people, but sometimes anatomy actually makes sense with the physics involved. And that's what we're looking for here is to understand what's going on with the human body in this way. Other than closed chain activity, so closed chain again, just as a reminder, is when the hands or the distal part, the part furthest away from the core is fixated. Um, so when we've got that fixated, what we can do is we can go ahead and do like a handstand. So a, a handstand for like a handstand push-up or being in just a position where you're not at a full handstand or anything, but your hands are fixated on the ground and you're just balancing there with your knees bent and everything. That can definitely help as well. Doing things like donkey kicks that are typically for the glutes where you've got your hands down, straight core, kicking the legs up at, back up in the air and landing nice and slow and softly. While that, we use it for the glutes a lot because trust me, that works the glutes. It's a stabilization of the upper body and a isometric press through kind of closed chain of those middle deltoids as well as a lot of other shoulder stabilization musculature. Other things, that, other concepts I want to talk about this with, especially with the shoulder, is this is a shout out to my boy Kelly Starrett. Um, again, great mentor of mine. He talks about this idea of not only open chain or closed chain, but open torque and closed torque. And torque in this situation, referring to the rotational power that the body has to generate in order to accomplish that motion. So for example, something like a strict military press using a barbell with two hands, that's gonna be a closed torque mechanism because to a certain sense, the arms balance each other out. You only have to push upwards. That's all you gotta do. However, a open torque would be something that demands more of a stabilization force to have the motion occur. That's extremely important. You have to have both hands, so an open torque, yeah, okay, oh, yeah, sorry. Sorry about that, guys. 
a trip to my own words there, open torque would be more of a stabilization force to control and to generate that rotational power. So while with a closed torque, you can kind of push out from both sides, and open torque requires that you've got to go ahead and yes, you have a fixate fixation, so it moves like an open chain, but a closed torque means that it might only be um, a dumbbell in the hand. So you might still be doing that shoulder press, but instead of a barbell that's fixated from either side, you might use it, um, two dumbbells, one in either hand, and that requires that you have independent stabilization of either side. So that's an easy way to progress a press type motion, um, either if you can't handle it for range of motion in the shoulder for doing um, the barbell because it is less forgiving in that way, or if you want to challenge your stability, use a dumbbell in there where you've got to further control the motion and that adds to the number of degrees of freedom. The degrees of freedom are just, hey, how much can I move this joint? What can I do with it functionally? And the more degrees of freedom you have, the more you've got to stabilize and more muscular output required to make that joint work in an effective way for you. So again, this was originally inspired by Tuka Rask out there, shoulder abduction, wiping, grabbing up some gnarly saves. Um, but hey, coming up Wednesday is going to be Game 7, Stanley Cup playoffs. Definitely looking forward to those. We'll see which team comes out on top. I am looking forward to the Bruins, but certainly don't want to jinx anything like the Blues did, like the Blues did when they had those commercials of celebration air early. So, you know, that's on them, man. Not saying my Bruins wouldn't have got it done anyway, but can't celebrate before the deed is done my friend got to get out there got to work hard got to prove it got to earn it all right everybody get those delts going get those lateral raises get a little bit of a pre-handstand donkey kick whatever you want to do but get those shoulders working you know show oftentimes people have issues with their shoulder and starting with slow dynamic movements and building your way up from that improving tissue resiliency improving what you're able to do is a huge factor, is something that's going to be extremely beneficial for you as you continue to progress. And again, resiliency of the tissue, maintaining healthier shoulders for a long time. I know for myself, I had a small, uh, thankfully a minor, but I didn't deal with it, a, a rotator cuff tear in the past, actually a couple of small ones. Um, you know, no surgery or anything, thank goodness, but just a conservative management, working my way back up eventually, you know, you unload, get motion going again, reload. My shoulders, my delts got a lot weaker since then, partially due to disuse and not spending that intentional time that I needed to working on them because I was resting other parts of the shoulder. And so now I'm in a phase where I can get those kind of going back up again and get grinding strong out there now that I've got that tissue resiliency to a fuller standpoint along the way. All right, everybody. So thank you for tuning in for another great episode of Simply Not Easy. Get those delts firing, baby.